Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup podcast. I am Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. I'm Judith Fender. I'm one of the amazing coaches with the NoBS Weight Loss Program. Today, we first want to talk about a big milestone that we hit this week. Wait, you'll be hearing this uh, a few weeks later, but, but actually the week before Thanksgiving, we hit 10,000 downloads, right? It's so exciting. It is. It's kind of amazing. We, um, we hit a thousand downloads the first of June. Is that true? That is true. That is true. So that is, uh, wow. Yeah. It took us, it took us 11 months to hit a thousand downloads and then it's taken us what five months a little less than five yeah. months to hit 10,000 about that I Blow got a mind. Um, yep. a, fun, a fun Marco Polo from a friend this morning I didn't tell you who she was saying and, and she is recently certified as a coach uh-huh. and she was just saying how much she enjoyed our podcast and the, the nuggets she was getting from it and that it was just so helpful for her to hear and how she enjoyed how we dialogued. And that was just really nice to hear. It was. Yeah. 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 I I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. And fun fact, I feel like I need to say this. I had one of my clients ask me if I went skydiving, this is one day after my, (laughs) this would have been the day I was going to go skydiving. It's my day off. I did not go. I did not go (laughs) yet. Yet that well, I knew that was coming. That yeah. day is I, out I, there. Yeah, I feel like I just need a little more. I don't know. I need somebody to go with me. I need a partner in crime, not somebody to stand down there on the on the ground. I need somebody to go up in the airplane with me. I need a. So if you want to meet me in South Carolina and skydive, hook me up. Yeah, call me. Yeah, because we we both know who will not be there. <laughs> I, I could be on the ground for you. I could be in the airplane for you, <laughs> but I could not jump out of the airplane. <laughs> I and mean, but I, yes, I could. Would I want to? No, I would not. <laughs> yeah, I want somebody. I want somebody who wants to go. Yeah. Um, but I thought about that. I remember you said something about about Andrew Huberman and the dopamine hit, and so I actually went back and listened to that podcast again. And it's only people who chronically are thrill seekers. I'm not a chronic thrill no, seeker. I don't do not. this every day. Yeah. I'm like I'm safe. Because yeah. I thought about that. I was like, what? No, what? no, no, no. You are, I would not call you a chronic thrill seeker. It's no, no. All right. That would well, not be, I might be the opposite of that. <laughs> all right. Well, today we are going to talk about inner child work. Mm, and this child. is a fantastic topic because I think so many people are they make decisions from the place of their inner child and don't even realize it. Now, I agree with that. And, and there are levels that we could talk about. We're going to keep this there. There is absolutely inner child work that comes from places of trauma that need therapy. And so, you know, we are talking about more the inner child work that we all can do. We are not talking about deep-seated trauma that does need, um, that needs some kind of therapeutic intervention. Right. But, you know, I I think we should probably also preface it because maybe, you know, as we're all doing this work, we're assuming that people who are listening to this podcast are doing self-development and are, are exploring. 
So just being mindful as you are doing this self-exploration, that if it gets to a point where you feel like you need more guidance, Mm-hmm. that you need someone more experienced. This would be where you would want to work with a therapist or a coach, someone who can yeah. hold that space for you oh, yeah. as oh, yeah. you process the emotions, because it is about being, becoming connected to yourself yes. and healing yourself. We are self-healing creatures. Yes, we are. And, and so we're going to talk about some ways to do that today, but I know you're absolutely right. That's, I am trying to think, I don't know that I have ever coached a client where at some point we didn't work with issues that were inner child issues. Now we may not have labeled them as such, Mm -hmm. but it, I mean, it always, it's always there under the surface. Right. All roads lead to Rome. I mean, the conversation can start out. You think we're going to coach on this and within three minutes. Well, when I was, you know, my mama, my daddy did, you know, and there it goes. Yep. We're we're on, we're in the emotion. We're in that childhood experience where we first had some awareness of where we felt that disconnect or disempowered or didn't get a need met in the moment for ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how would you, how would you define the inner child? I think of the inner child. It is the emotion. It is the part of you that developmentally, right. And when I say developmentally, I mean, as you progressed from a child Mm -hmm. that you learned to feel and interpret your feelings with your cognitive awareness the skill set that you had, the caretakers that were present for you, and how your brain assimilated at the time, given of the time of the developmental growth, mm-hmm. the story happened. So I, I think of the emotional brain, right? We, we talk, talk so much about the conscious brain and the emotional brain. So the inner child is that version of you that um, is emotional. And then when we talk about the inner child wound, mm-hmm. right, that would be those incidences where you had the event happen where you need to go back to, right? So when we talk about inner child work, going back to that age and many therapists, coaches will have you go back pr- like prior to the event. So you can get to know mm-hmm. who you were before air quotes, things happened, Um, so then you can connect into the version of you that, um, experienced an event that you are trying to heal, heal for yourself. Again, we are self-healing. Yes. Nobody can do it for you. I I think about, you know, those vulnerabilities that, that we feel at times when we feel insecurities, when we hear that voice that says you're not good enough. Things like that always are a key that there is something in the inner child for or from the inner child where a need wasn't met or it wasn't processed completely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's just because if we weren't allowed to show that emotion, if we had to push that emotion down, then it's, it's just, it hasn't been processed yet. Right. And again, when I think about one as 
you know, I have two parents and when I think about how they were parented, the skill set they had, and then I think of myself as being a parent, mm-hmm. right. And having this skill set now looking back how everything's crystal clear, but with that understanding again, that it's the stories, we're just little brains out here running around <laughs> telling stories. y'all. Yes. <laughs> I could get really in my head about how silly it can be. <laughs> well, Yeah. But at the same time, how real it is, right? It's not true. Yeah. 80 year old people, their brains are still telling stories and we're holding them to a higher standard than our 50 year old brains. And then we've got the 20 year old brains, you know, it's just a bunch of brains trying to get along, tell stories. Trying to to figure out how to, how to get rid of all this pain and and the trauma that we've buried. Yeah. Yeah. it's a wonder. I still, I, I know, I know I've had to say this in a podcast somewhere before, but I really, truly, I think it's a miracle. We all get along as well as we do in the world. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of times keys that if, if you're wondering, well, what is my inner child driving in my life? If you start thinking about things like, well, it that's not my fault. My coworker, she never carries her amount of the load or my boss always makes me do this job or you know if you start blaming other people I usually that's to me a clue that there's some inner child turmoil going on that there's some buried pain about that if in relationships if Mm -hmm. you are angry at your spouse because they're not meeting a need well he or she works all the time and I can't you know, they never make time for me. Mm-hmm. That's usually a big key coming from a lack of security that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe your parents didn't feel, 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 go ahead. Yeah. Feel, feel, feel. feel. <laughs> you, know, you know where my brain went on our earlier conversation. Between yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, can I say that on the air? No. I don't, probably not. <laughs> y'all sorry um when when you were saying that like what I hear even when you say that it's interesting I don't my brain goes to not the inner child necessarily like what insecurity but I'm like I do go to why aren't they using their voice what's going on in their brain how can they speak up why are they not choosing to speak up for themselves why are they making this blaming right yes yeah but you uh, say that a lot you know, oh, especially God. in fact, I would even say, I'm going to dare to say this, that it is a measure of how much work a person oh. has done on themselves, how much you hear them talking in a blaming tone. I see that as a big marker. You know, it's interesting to even have this conversation because I mean, so much no matter how much work we do, no matter how many layers we peel our onion and we think we're free and clear the, that we, we will always have things to work on because, you know, our brains are little seeds when Mm. we're children, they're just little seeds and it just grows layer and layer and layer around it. And so as we do this work, think of this again, that onion, the seed, we're just peeling back and, um, it could take years between your layers of growth. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to offer that, you know, and it's going to come in stages as we, um, as we, as we do this work and why doing the inner child work 
whether it be through, have we talked about yet? Like we haven't talked like how to connect, like through the, through the writing. Right. right? Yeah. No, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, you know, developing that relationship with yourself and seeing yourself through connecting to that child through writing. That's let's just go there. Can we go there now? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, that's just, if, if, so if you catch yourself doing things like blaming others or feeling like the victim, some of the things that we've talked about recently, actually in the last couple of months, I think we've been very focused on some of the symptoms of inner child issues. Yeah. <laughs> and and now I guess we're going back and looking at, at what it is. But if you see yourself falling into those, if you feel like you are pushing down your pain or you see yourself blaming others for your bad relationships or self-talk, that negative self-talk that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy of whatever it is, then this is all pointing to inner child work. And so, yeah, now Which is every client we have. Absolutely. Every, I, I, I literally thought I would just make a public service announcement in the, <laughs> the Facebook group the other day. I want to be like PSA, not good enough is a thought. <laughs> and <just> so you <laughs> have you ever met anybody who hasn't had that thought at some point? No, it is absolutely as and 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 I say this almost in like an exasperated state because I find it you know I have I have tapped into that feeling no it's not a feeling it's a thought mm-hmm. that not good enough and I literally and and I, and this is here's this the PSA in between our inner child talk PSA once you've done the work you can have an understanding this is where my brain goes to it's just a dead end not yeah. good enough is a dead end belief because my brain has exhausted itself on all the reasons that this things <laughs> turned out the way they did is because I wasn't good enough. And I'm like, Oh, game over, game over. Your brain is just exhausted. Now you, you get to start over now. That's yes. some bullshit. Move on. Yeah. That's my brief. But I've done, I've done lots of work to get to there. Yeah. No, uh, your brain, you know, <laughs> I love the the thought of we're all little brains running around and, and we are all little brains running around trying to avoid pain and Uh avoid exertion. You know, we like to feel the pleasure. We like to feel the relaxation and that's inner child. When, when you don't address your inner child, you have lots of buffering that's Mm. taking place most likely because you have to do something to keep that pain buried. And sometimes it does bubble up. It bubbles up in lots of different places uh, in our adult relationships, but to keep it buried, man, it takes some buffering. So, you know, you see people who have, who are working on their over, (laughs) over anything, honestly. Overing. That's a whole definition. Overing. Yes. Anything that's not in moderation and you all know the list by now. Yeah. It can be eating, drinking, shopping, porn. Uh, The list goes on and on. Any kind of pleasure seeking to avoid the pain. Uh, Yeah. Oh, social media. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm Doogie Howser in it here lately, (laughs) y'all. He's got 96 episodes. Yeah. Well, you know, I have, I've worked with multiple clients just to, who keep P 
picking up their phones. They're like, I'm supposed to be working, but wait a minute, not while you're coaching them. Oh, no, 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 not while I'm coaching them. But during the work day, you know, they're like, they get, they start spinning and getting overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so they pick up the phone and start scrolling Mm -hmm. because it's a buffering mechanism. It Mm -hmm. offers you some relief from all of that buried pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, can we just talk about my big overwhelm the other day? So let's, let's do uh, it. I'm like, it. maybe it just had a, you know, it was all in my thoughts, right? I, there's nothing happened. There was a, I heard, had a conversation with a family member. I had lots of thoughts in my head and lots of feelings. I mean, just the, when, it was really, I was really super proud. It was the first time, Sonia, I think I have, I know we've talked a lot about overwhelm, but I think I really clearly was able to like be with myself. I was experiencing the feeling and nailing what overwhelm felt like and with anxiety and trying to implement all the, all the gifts I knew to manage the emotion, right? I was in my child brain. It was the wave and I was in the wave. I, I guess I was on top of the wave for a little bit. Right. And I, went, <laughs> I, was, I was striking poses all over. I went and went hiking. I did some grounding, did some earthing. I did, you know, some journaling and, you know, and in the end, you know, I still ended up overeating bottom line. Like I, it was just, but this pain, this emotion, this connection for me that I'm still working on was, I mean, the overeat was, you know, there was a lot of resolution. Like we, we talked yeah. so much about the distraction, mm-hmm. but I actually was able and said the words that I just, I felt, I finally felt grounded Yeah, that my body, I was back in with myself. And so, you know, it's from that, that I have some, I have some, my inner child work to do and go back and heal. And I was telling you again, this comes back to the onion, no matter how much I have done because, you know, our brain is coming online from, you know, well in utero, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. There is, there's scientific evidence now that even goes that, you know, what, that it passes through the placenta, especially if the mother's experiencing trauma, you're getting her yeah. hormones yes, and that your brain can be pre-programmed to your mother's trauma mm-hmm. and neural, the chemicals are processing in the, anyway, all this to say, if you are not adapting at an early age, if you are exposed at an early age, if your parents had limited skills and you were going through their trauma, that the stacking in can be, I'm going to say it, a coach is going to say, I'm going to say it's a lot. (laughs) We don't usually get to say that we would not let our clients say that. So that's why I I laugh, not laugh at that, but yeah, just wanted to toss. And, and I want to, bring something up too. you know, you were talking about all of the different things that you were doing, the hiking and the grounding, which are all things that, that are really good at helping us to move out of that. But we also, I want our listeners to, to understand that we have to experience, right. All yeah, I was emotions. Yeah. You, you were talking about yeah. how many different emotions you were experiencing. So I'm assuming you were even able to name them. <laughs> I was, cl- uh, na- you know, shame, guilt, sadness, mm-hmm. grief, 
all of them in that overwhelm and, and, and much of the journaling where I captured that, I mean, we're talking about a, literally a five minute journaling. And I was just cycling through as I was asking myself questions. It may have even been less than five minutes if the truth be told. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't but, take long. It really, when you're in it, it rolls, it just rolls. Mm-hmm. Cycling back and forth, even as we speak, but that, that offering of feeling the feeling and overwhelm is not a great one to feel. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, no. I'll tell you, it's not like happiness. None of those <laughs> are. And that's why, that's why we keep trying to do things yeah. to fix it. When, you know, there mm-hmm. are times when we just have to acknowledge this is what I'm feeling and I am going to do, I'm going to use my tools, but I'm also going to understand that it is absolutely normal that this is going to hang around. It's not just going to flutter away and, and be replaced by rainbows and daisies. Oh, dang. You know what? I think I, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, thank you for the laugh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it would be nice. So, so let's talk about some of those tools, because when you find yourself in those places where you know that this is something from your inner child, you know, that these are feelings that come up from, from your past. Number one, you've already made a good step. If you can acknowledge that this feeling I'm feeling right now is attached to something I experienced in my childhood. Right. Well, I mean, we could even go, well, no, let's say just go straight to the childhood, but that's not even true because it could be when you were 30 because oh, yeah. again, of the layering, because of the layering process as yeah. you are unraveling your story. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is something that whatever the reason for it, you taught yourself and it worked for you as a child, the coping skill yes. to get through. Whatever it is you did then was, was what you was, was the best you could do then. It was a um, self-preservation technique. Yes. So do not be blaming yourself for any of these things. Right. You were taking care of yourself. Okay. This, I want to pause right here as I say this, the beauty in knowing because so much when we're in talk therapy or when we're sharing with friends, or even when we're sharing with coaches, so many times we go through the adult lens, we, we can intellectualize and we can be like, well, yeah, well, it was normal to grow up with guns in my house. You know, I was, I saw it all the time and, you know, and blow it off because we've normalized it. And somehow we've minimized ourselves in the telling of the story. And we can be like, yeah, of course, of course. But when you connect with your inner child and when you go back and you think about those moments where you saw things or you experienced things, Mm -hmm. you hold that space for yourself with understanding of thinking of, of that child version of you and experiencing the feelings you were experiencing then. Yeah, it is. It is. It can be disquieting, uncomfortable, um, unpleasant. You're not going to want to do it, but the value on the back end pays off in spades. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing, if, if we're, if we're coming up with like some steps, I guess, to, to do this work is to acknowledge who your inner child is and acknowledge the validity of whatever that experience was. I see you. I hear you. Yes. I love you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, try to feel the rawness of the experience at that age, whether mm-hmm. it's six years old, whether it's 12 years old, what, what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big step because just being able to open that can of worms, you know, like you said, <laughs> worms. <laughs> That was the joke, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. This is that's a that's an inside joke. But anyway, addressing that child as a valid person, addressing that as a valid experience. Valid is not the word I'm looking for. And yeah, I, a fearful I event. Your fears will re- were real as shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't imagined. Yeah, it wasn't imagined. And, and you're not going to like, I love that. What, what you said, I'm not going to just explain it all away from my adult perspective. Now that's not useful. That's what's kept your pain buried. Yep. Yep. So yep. let's and, go back. And that's the message. That's the message we got too, as kids, because right. you know, it, it, it further keeps telling the stories because the message we got in the moment was you don't matter. I, I don't see you. I don't hear you. And I don't love you. We're probably the messages in the moment right. that we made it mean about us. Yes. Because whoever did the things didn't have the ability to process their own shit yeah. in the moment. Yeah. It's important to, to understand that this is what we made it mean. This isn't uh, yeah. an exercise about blaming parents mm-hmm. or other people for their own, what you said, what they're, what they were lacking in their own lives. This mm-hmm. is acknowledging I made it mean this. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that because that is what helped keep me moving forward. And that's so, where the compassion, the compassion yes. component, holding that space of kindness for the others. It's yes. unfortunate. That's why I had a counselor gift me with that thought one time. It's unfortunate that they, things that they did, the things they did. It's unfortunate. We can't change that No, but that was their reality their Whoever, right. That's what, you know, I've talked before about, about my first grade teacher and yeah, it is, it is unfortunate that every year she chose a child (laughs) to make their lives miserable. What was her problem? I'm getting in your well, but but that's the question. You know, that's the question that I can now, now that I have worked through that, I can look back and wonder with with real curiosity and compassion. I mean, I I feel for her because she must have really gone through some things to feel the need to project that onto a child, onto an innocent, vulnerable child every year. What must her pain have been like? You know, Mm -hmm. so I do, I do think that, that it's important to have compassion for yourself, for that inner child. It, and at some level you will have maybe some level of compassion for those around you who were also doing the best that they could, even if it wasn't very good, even if it did cause you trauma. They, you know, they, if, if they were doing 10% better than they were raised, yeah. which I mean, that was another gift I got from a counselor and it's just some standard to live by, you know, if, can you do 10% better than you were raised? Yeah. Wow. That's a question. Rise, rise above your raisin. That's all yeah. we can do. So we acknowledge that, that inner child, we listen to that inner child. 
validate her or his experiences as a child, accept mm-hmm. those feelings. And then let's talk about writing. You've already talked about that a little bit. Talk about the value of writing in inner child work. That's where the freedom can come in because with writing, you have the freedom, not only to go back and connect with yourself and experience the emotions and be present for yourself, but the capacity to, you know, possibly rewrite the story for yourself and become empowered and learn to trust in yourself. Like there are so many foundational beliefs that can be healed through Mm -hmm. this process. And so many of us, you know, it can show up in our journaling. I'll never forget one of the first times I wrote that I trust myself because I didn't realize I didn't trust myself. Right. Uh Yeah. And that was like, I was like, what am I writing? You know? Oh yeah. And it was, it was coming from following, from following my food plan. Right. That, oh, I trust myself to follow my plan. Huh. That's something I hadn't had before because I was making bullshit plans that didn't work for me and didn't serve me. And so where am I going with this? The value in is, is connection, the retelling, the experiencing. I, I, I just, again, I just connect. It feels like connection is just the one that's yeah. just speaking loudest to me right now and the understanding. I get so much pushback on journaling people who don't want to do the journaling, but I folks, I cannot, there is no way that I can share with you enough, the value of putting words on paper and, and really in handwriting is, is Mm -hmm. the best way it is like, there is a connection to to a different, well, it's not like that there. That's what it is. It's a connection to a part of your brain that you don't. Yeah. Oh, I get, I'm like, I might sound a little woo here, but you know, it's connection to source to self, you know, whatever it's that higher, that higher version of you. That's that, that consciousness of the, of the best version of you, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's that inner knowing your wisdom lives there. Yeah. And when you're connected to that version of you, that is really, I had a client the other day telling me, I don't know, she had been resistant since 2019 to doing the journaling. Mm-hmm. And, and she is like uh, cooking with Crisco, absolutely on fire with her. Like things are clicking. She's developing that just the capacity to speak to herself another way. And she's changing things with great clarity. It's amazing. It's amazing to witness from three to five minutes a day, because it, like I said, it's like that direct line to a part of your brain that you have buried. And when you start writing, it totally bypasses the filter that we talk through. That's Mm -hmm. the best way. This is, this is in lay terms. I am not a neuroscientist, but it bypasses the filter that we talk through. And so something about from brain to hand to paper, I I never cease to be amazed at the things I write that I just okay. didn't know. Like you were talking about, you didn't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. I, and, oh, and I, my clients yeah. are the site. Right, right, right. That you had I didn't know I didn't trust yourself, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, clients are the same way. They're like, I, I didn't even realize, didn't know this was an issue. And yeah, once you open that up, 
once you acknowledge that here's my inner child, this is what she's been feeling. This is what has been holding me back from being an an emotional adult. We talked about that term earlier, Um, but now we can begin parenting that child. Right. You know, and I don't even know that we really said, you know, establishing uh, that about the reparenting, that that version of you and the inner child work, which are establishing um, this connection that that reparenting comes when you go back and you're present with that version of yourself. Yeah. And, and giving her, maybe we did talk about this, giving her, her, we're assuming her, him, if we got some dudes listening, but giving, giving you those things that you needed and what you wanted to hear and what gift did you need in that moment that could have made just either the biggest difference or the smallest difference. It really doesn't matter as much as it's showing up and holding that space for yourself and, and being present with the emotion to, to capture and open up the healing. Yeah. It's a safe space. Writing Mm -hmm. is a safe space to share all of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had clients who, who said, I I journaled on this and then I put it in the shredder. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's fine. I think I've done that a time or two. The burning. I love the symbolism of the burning of the, the of the letter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with it. Just simply getting it out. It's empowering. It is empowering. Yes. That's the, that's the best word it is. And you're not helpless or hopeless. You are empowered. You are, you are future focused. You are present with yourself. You are, you are healing. I I sound like, again, it's, I was going to say, even like I developed a vocabulary. I didn't even know I had a dialogue for the more I started journaling. It just, it Mm -hmm. intuitively came to be more woo. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> I don't, I don't want in any way to, to undervalue, you know, we use that, we use that term woo, but I think it's, that is what gets us in, in touch with our inner child. It's being able to drop all of the stories that we have about what it means to be an adult and saying, sometimes I have to go back and get in touch with that very vulnerable, insecure, Mm -hmm. innocent child in order to move forward as, as an adult, as a functioning human being. And there's nothing wrong with that, whatever it takes to do it. You know, it's not woo, it's healthy. I was getting ready to say development. It's, it unblocks negative energy flows. If you're holding on to the emotion, you are blocking from your full human experience. And, you know, the more you block, the more you deny, the more you resist, the more you avoid, it has you where you can be in such a state of disconnection, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're not feeling you're zombified walking around and, you know, life takes on less meaning. I mean, the, the snowball effect of not feeling your feelings is... Yeah. I don't want to be that, but I'm, there's, I feel my there's feelings. There's nowhere good. There's nowhere good going as long as you're burying mm-hmm. feelings. Now, mm-hmm. in addition to the right, in addition to the acknowledging 
and writing. There's a couple more things I want to talk about. And then I guess it's getting close to time for us to wrap up. Yes. But other practices that can help in addition to, because this is a list, not sometimes we give you lists and you can choose. This is a list of things to do. I think if you can do them all together, it's very useful. Meditation. You talked about mindfulness, meditation, Mm -hmm visualization can be very helpful with inner child works. So, 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 so important. The, the, I, I couldn't agree more on the meditation practice and the visualization. It's it, the impact of including those as you are going back and the healing value mm-hmm. exponential. Yeah. Visualizing your yourself at that stage it, getting a picture of yourself and looking back and using that as a meditation point. There she is right here. She's my screensaver. (laughs) I've seen that before. You're so cute. For those of you watching on YouTube, that's uh, Judith. How old were you there? I think I I was either in first or second grade. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have guessed, but yeah. Spending that time in mindfulness Mm -hmm. is critical. The other thing that I think is really useful is many times people with a lot of inner child issues, they've lost their playfulness. And Uh I always joke to people that I was raised as a small adult. And so, you know, the whole concept of play was, is not one that ever came naturally. It didn't feel like, but one way to really access this is with creativity And I can totally access my inner child through creativity, whether it's through art or Mm -hmm. you can do creative writing. You know, there's lots of dance, movement. movement. Yes. Mm -hmm. So many ways to access your inner child and heal with her. I was actually thinking about me and you. um, And I know we've referenced how we grew up both of us with creeks and animals and, you know, farm life and kind of, while I wasn't an only child, I did spend a lot of time alone because yeah. of the age difference between my siblings and I, but, um, that, you know, being outside in nature is also a, a, a great form of, of meditation, of playfulness and just yes. taking your shoes off, getting back into earth, being with the Creek and the water oh, and connecting yeah. with, with the earth. Mm-hmm. I need that's, to that's be- probably my favorite. I, I will tell you, I need to be barefoot in the dirt mm-hmm. in the spring. Mm-hmm. There is something about that. And I think that's why I love raising a garden so much, but I'll go out there and I will go, I'll take my shoes off and walk in that freshly tilled dirt. I mean, there is no better feeling. And it is, it's because it takes me back being out there with the cows and the chickens. Yeah. Yeah youthful it was a good it was a good life I, I was going to tell you again I bought some rocks <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that rocks look at these rocks I can't even remember I think it's selenium that I bought um anyway some crystals I don't know we're talking about energies right because the ultimate this is playfulness too and thinking about earthing and um yeah the rocks and the energies <laughs> It, no, it's, there, there is, 
You know, so somebody, this is off topic, but somebody said this to me this week and it made so much sense. Um, you know, people talk about these things as being in the woo, right? The, the, maybe it's silly to somebody who's never had that experience to want to walk barefoot in the dirt or whatever, but there are plenty of things, minerals that are toxic, you know, nobody's going to go and start rolling around in lead or in mercury, right? Those are natural elements. (laughs) So why does it not make sense that if there are things that are toxic, that there would also be antidotes to that, that are healing. My, my brain goes, I I hear exactly what you're saying, what you're saying. And I think of the energy exchange. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear because, you know, the earth now, I can't go into the science of the energy field, but there's positives and negatives and all of that. And we have an energy field. And again, I can't talk poetic about it either, but I understand enough to know what feels good. I literally, when I took these rocks out of the box, I put one of them on my leg and I kid you not, I had a smile on my face and I was, and and I did not make it. I don't know if I was smiling because I was like, look at me, put this rock on my face. Well, and if you don't believe it. If you have an animal in the house, watch how the animals will react to them. Cats are very, they pay attention to those vibrations. I don't know if dogs do it as much, but they are very aware of vibrations. And yeah, I'm like you, I am not a scientist. I do not play one on TV. (laughs) I like the following the good energy source because bad energy or negative energy, you know, all of that's part of our creativity, I think. All of that lives within us and the inner child can access it and the inner parent can access it. Kind of like anywho, we could talk forever about this and I could talk to you forever just about so many things, but I do love it when we go back to the, to our childhood in a good way, because there was, I mean, I got so much richness from being with animals and and being in the dirt and being in the creek. And loving on the animals. And that was my connection. And it was true. Looking back, it was my, um, it was my safe space. Well, right. Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah. I I remember being sad and crying and having my dog there. I don't remember why I was sad, but I remember that, you know, my dog was there to comfort me. Absolutely. Same. And there are positives and negatives to every experience. So Sometimes going back with that inner child, like you said, and experiencing those moments that can help in our movement forward. It can give us access to positive feelings, to balance. Good times, exactly. Because we, again, we can, with that adult lens, we can, we can over-intellectualize that too. Yeah. But I'm, I'm getting the feel good sitting here. Yeah. You know. Again, I, I was Laura Ingalls Wilder. I mean, <laughs> half pint, just call yep. me half pint. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All I'm right. Like, Any, you anything up, else? You're up a little house on the prairie. You'll get that. No, I'm I, sorry. Yeah, no, I got that. I got that whole set one year for Christmas. So I, I am totally into that. Okay. I know. <laughs> All right. Well. We hope that that this has given you maybe a place to start with your own inner child work. It really is important. And I I hope that everybody will take some time to try to access your inner Mm -hmm. child because she or he Mm -hmm. 
they're amazing they. and wonderful. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's worth the time to get to know that inner child. Yeah. And, not- but to always realize that now you are the inner parent and you get to have the last word, you know, how to take care of that inner child. Bottom line. If you can't heal those parts of you yourself, no one else can either, because then that's, that's a, some form of, of a buffering, letting someone else do the thinking something else or someone else can heal some version of you. Yeah. But a therapist, a coach can always mm-hmm. offer space and offer ways to help you through it. So facilitate. Yes. If you are looking for a coach, what a great little segue Judith has given me, then you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com. And I coach women on all things empowerment, whether it's inner child, victim mentality, imposter syndrome, the whole list. Mm -hmm. Same. I coach on absolutely everything all day, but primarily it's when women want to lose weight. And when, you know, as with any goal we have in life, right, Sonia, whatever it is, that's the obstacles that get in the way. Yes. And it's, it becomes these things, this, the inner child work, the imposter syndrome, the things that, that get in the way to get in the goal. And that's what we coach on. So if you want to look, if you would like to coach with me, I'm with the No BS Weight Loss Program, Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne Crabtree. Um, And you can follow me on an Instagram, Just Judy, J-U-S-T-J-U-D-I-E. And I always forget that one. Mine is Sonia at Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A underscore Green Coaching. Okay. And if you know somebody who would be helped with this information, please share this podcast. It's really easy to share an episode. Just go down there and click that button and share it with them. And we appreciate you all so much for helping us grow, explode the way we have in the last year. And we can't wait to reach even more people with this podcast. It's kind of wild. It's really kind of wild. The um, thinking about that's like 10,000 hours of people, you know, if you considered anyway, it's a lot of me and you out there, Sonia. I know. (laughs) And we love you all for it. We, we really do. We, we hope that that comes across. That is the ultimate reason that we do what we do. It's why we've started it. And that's why we, we love getting together and doing it every week. We enjoy each other as well. Uh, Yeah. so many times, if y'all hadn't noticed, I do get lost in the, like, I just want to talk to Sonia. <laughs> I forget. I'm here. Oh, wait a minute. Come back. <laughs> well, and we'll be back next week talking even more. So I hope that, uh, that you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week. Bye y'all.